All right, welcome back to the boys of 161st Street. This is episode Who Cares? The Yankees season's over. Um, they lose the Astros again in the ALCS, the third time in six years the Yankees have been eliminated by the Astros in the playoffs. Um, and they are the first team in MLB history. This is some some records that they're breaking again this year uh, to lose five straight LCS series. So, um, this is going to be a little bit of a therapy session, a little bit of a eulogy, as we usually do when the season inevitably comes to a, a screeching halt, not with the team hoisting a trophy at the end of it. Um, <clears throat> how are we feeling? What do you think? I, I just shocking, say it. I no, say it before every episode. <laughs> no, no, I will say it. I'm shockingly at peace. Normally, I'm pretty miserable, and I'm not happy, but... What do you expect? This isn't they're not the Yankees anymore. This isn't this isn't the team that your fucking mom and dad grew up with, or if you are, you know, an older listener, not even older, but like in your thirties, this isn't the team that you grew up with. This is just another run of the mill baseball team. That's it. That's it. I mean, that's it. I, I sat up last night and I thought about it for a long time. And I was like, you know what? This team is—it's an organizational failure from top to bottom. It really is. And you look at the management or the ownership, and that's Hal Steinbrenner. And you look at the the trend of how much he's reinvesting in the team, which is criminal. You know, you go go down back in two thousand three, they're reinvesting seventy six percent. Two thousand eighteen, twenty nine percent. Two thousand nineteen, thirty three percent. Like that. But even in, even then, you can say, well, he gave Brian Cashman $260 million. A competent GM should be able to turn $260 million into a winner. It's an absolute shame that Hal is, you know, pinching pennies and won't reinvest, but $260 million is enough. And then if you want to go one step further than that, it's a failure on Cashman for the product he puts on the field. But below him, it's a, fr- it's, it's a failure on the analytics department. It's a failure on the hitting coaches. It's a failure on the overall philosophy. I mean, look at guys like Aaron Hicks, guys like DJ LeMayhew and Anthony Rizzo, and not even necessarily DJ. That's not a great example, but Aaron Hicks was a high on base walk, uh, hit for okay average, nothing crazy, but he came to the Yankees, preach fly balls, home runs, he gets his big contract, he gets rewarded for it. And then look at where we are now. It's, you can blame, you can blame the players. You can blame the ownership. You can blame the GM. You can blame all the moves made, but from the most basic level, just their overall philosophy, this team's, they're failures. They're failures in every facet of the game. And they'll never, they will never win anything with the way that it is right now. It doesn't like, unless they catch lightning in a bottle. And that's just, that's the way it is. That's the new norm and you got to get used to it. I mean, that's because they're not going to make moves. They're not. Don't get your hopes up. Yeah. This, we've got another massive free agent class of Rodon and Turner and fucking judge. Carlos Correa and judge. Yeah, judge. Judge is a pretty big one too. That's don't get your hopes up. I mean, what, why, why are you? And even if they do, 
Even if they do, they're not going to sign enough. And even if they do sign enough, they're not going to put them in the right place. And if they do put them in the right place, they're not going to mix them with the young guys who deserve to play. It's, it's year after year. It's the same fucking thing. This entire philosophy is broken. The team is broken. The management's broken. The manager is broken. Everything's broken, and it's not going to be fixed. It's not. So just take it for what it is. And that's what, I, that's what I've come to realize. I think you said that in the right way in the sense that you started with how and went top down because that's the way that the organization is run. And so the you know shit rolls downhill, but it does start with Steinbrenner. And you're right. $160 million is plenty to a team. The Astros and the Phillies have lower payrolls than that, and they're playing the World Series this week so or next week, whatever. So you can clearly make a World Series caliber roster out of $260 million, and clearly Cashman didn't go about that the right way, but it's not one person that's going to need to go and it's going to change. I think Cashman's going to come back. I don't think he should, but he, he will. We know that. We know Boone's going to come back. I don't think Boone's as much to blame. As Cashman is. Boone has no think, role in this. I, I don't, he makes some seem, dumb decisions, but no. Well, so here's the thing, though, is they were talking about it on the K show, is that they brought in Boone because they liked the way he thought in relation to how Cashman wanted to run the team. Cashman pulls the strings, and Boone, you know, makes the – it seems like the games are scripted, and this is what Michael K was talking about today, and it's – they are it, it's they are and it's not boone doesn't manage the way that buck show is for example like he doesn't have the same There's voice no feel in the yankees he doesn't system. have any feel he doesn't have the reign to have he's not allowed to it's all it's all analytics and that's the thing they there are the astros are a very analytical team but dusty baker manages he it's not their gm running the show the way it is with the yankees and you know whatever cashman and steinbrenner say goes and how involved Steinbrenner is, you know, say what you want, but as, as long as it's that system and it's Cashman's voice at the end of the day, that matters the most, it's not going to be successful. In my opinion, he made some very good moves, but when it comes to the full portfolio of what he's done, you know, he, it's, he got, we lost the, the twins trade for sure. And you, we didn't, you know, replace the holes that we had. Sure. Better team defensively, but once again, we used a $260 we million dollar payroll That's to what did us in make the, the postseason the and then lose. Yeah, no, it's true. It's the just, team's it's built for so... the regular season. They're not built for October. Well, this just like goes that. down to another one of the fundamental issues, and that's player development. That's player scouting. That's recognizing talent. You, The Astros, and I know it's all over social media and you see it, but you replace Carlos Correa with Jeremy Pena. Like, what? You don't do that. And I know the Astros, Boone said it. I mean, he said it in his press conference. The Astros are the gold standard. That's what we're striving to be, and it's true. You it replace is. Carlos Gray. You replace your manager. You replace your GM. You replace George Springer. You report, replace Garrett Cole. You replace Zach Grinke when he was on that team, and he was pretty good. And you still run on a team that they're the class of the American League and the gap we saw here. To be honest, after watching this series, I don't think the Yankees were better than the Guardians. I really don't. I think that the Yankees were probably the second worst American League team behind the Rays. I think any other team, I think if the Guardians played them in a seven-game series, they would have won. I think if we didn't get if we didn't get Cole having those shutdown games or Nestor having a shutdown game, I don't think we beat the Guardians. I really don't. They're a better team. They're constructed better. Everything's better. Their philosophy's better. It's the analytics 
are fine and it's not even a knock on analytics. I don't know what our analytics department's looking at. Like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at what's going on day to day and see that it's not working. The analytics are fine and they work for other teams. Look at the Rays, look at the guardians, look at the Astros. I mean, it works. The analytics do work, but what, how is the gap in the information that you have available so different from the successful teams? That's what I don't get because you invest a billion dollars into this team since, Oh, what is it? Like the last like 10 years we've spent $4 billion or the last 19 years or whatever it is during Cashman's tenure, where he's made one world series on his own merit. They've spent four or $5 billion. Where's that money going to? Because it's, it, I'll tell you where it's going to. I, that's not even a rhetorical question. It's going to the Do- Josh Donaldson's of the world. It's going to Aaron Hicks. It's going to Zach Britton. It's going to a world Chapman. Chapman. It's just, you can't look at the Astros. And again, just using them because they're the gold standard. But even the Astros, they're 11th in payroll. But look at them. There's no Donaldson on that roster. Look at the Phillies. They had Didi Gregorius bogging down that lineup. And I love Didi. I've got his jersey sitting right over my desk right now. I look at it every single day. I love him. He was my favorite Yankee in the last, whenever Jeter retired. He's been my favorite Yankee since. And they cut him. He's a veteran. He's been there. He's done that. They cut him. No problem. Signed, sealed, delivered. And Bye. put a rookie there. And they put a rookie there. A rookie won the American League MVP or American League Championship Series MVP. That's, I mean, look at the Braves. The Braves, we talk about on this show all the time. Their front office is what every front office should strive to do. And they, I know they got eliminated, but that's fine. They won a but World Series you last be, year. Who would you, there's they won no the NL team East, in a better spot than games. them right now. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be, they'll the be back. Ten years. Yeah, they'll be back Everyone's there every single year for the next 10 years. And that's just a testament that all the teams at the top are there for a reason. And a lot of their payrolls are not what ours is. And we're only there in the in the CS because of our payroll. And that's the thing that's bailing us out and buying us a couple wins here and there. But teams that are good through and through, like the Braves, like the like the Rays, who have the tight, lowest payroll. I mean, fucking even like shittier teams than that. Like the Athletics still get some wins, but and they're not buying any wins. Like they obviously sucked this year, but every other year they do. That's Moneyball, but... I agree. I think top to bottom and like those teams let the young guys play. And if I was going to, you know, put a wish list for next year, cause I want to, I know we did a little bit of a rant. We'll continue to do that, but let's take a little bit of a peek at next year. Cause on the top of my wish list is, and I, we kind of said this last year is letting those young guys who deserve to play get real run, not spot starts or, you don't know, have them start 14 games and then have to start then bring, a championship series because your shortstop right. that you were praising no, all no, year, no, no, you no. finally see what they're, see what they're actually He's a platoon were. starter in a championship series. He's not starting the championship That's series. That's what I mean. He started, started a game in the championship series. Fucking these successful teams were inconsistent. Like, and, and that's another thing that goes down to the philosophy and everything that this team believes. It's inconsistency. We had a different leadoff game for four games in the ALCS. We had a different shortstop and five four straight games all four games different shortstop right and that's 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 what i want so i was going to get into my offseason wish list that actually has that so i was going to say one and this is my offseason wish list of things that won't come true and we all know it and on the top it'd be cashman being gone because i think we just we've seen this story this song and dance before and it's just it's no fun he won't make it he doesn't make good moves they're obviously terrible i mean the one thing that we tweeted earlier today that went 
pretty viral. It's just because it's true. You see Machado and Harper's combined salaries for this year is $57 million, and the combined salaries of uh, Chapman, was it, who else Donaldson. was it? Chapman, yeah, Donaldson, and Hicks, and Hicks. And Hicks is or $56 million. Hicks out yeah. and put Swap out Britain in there. Regardless, it's just like, and that's kind of the way that I know I saw one guy reply and say, like, that's the, obviously not understanding the way long-term contracts work. It's like, no, uh, that's just. Donaldson's 36. The, then, then okay, and also, like, why not do a long, that's more of a reason to do a long-term contract because you can give yourself more dollars to spend uh, during the actual uh, season to, on other players that actually matter. But my other, things that, my other things quick. that I wanted were uh, Judge to be back in pinstripes. I, we'll talk about that in more detail later, but I want that. Uh, a competent manager who can utilize the bullpen and not pick lineups out of a hat, seemingly, which... He, they're not going to hire one. They're not going to hire if one. they fire Boone, they're they going to hire that. another guy that's Aaron Boone with a different name. Yep. And then, I and think then last Boone thing, might get fired just to put the blame on somebody, but they're just going to install another puppet manager. And I don't... Again, I don't necessarily think that's fair to Boone. I think Boone... It's not. I don't think they, he's that they, we haven't he's seen we haven't dumb. seen him with the, with the training it. wheels off. They are the, they we've talking all talked about it forever. Right, but here's what everyone wants to see like a Don Mattingly come in and be the manager. Don Mattingly was up there in the manager conversation when uh Girardi left or maybe it was before Girardi. Either way, they passed on him then because they're not going to bring him in now. He probably wouldn't want to come in here because he Why would want, he wouldn't he be want able to, to manage. He would want to be Don Mattingly. He would want to be the guy who can actually, who's created a name for himself and is respected in the baseball world. Meanwhile, Boone had only got that job because he hit one fucking home run in the 2003 ALCS. And like, that's, why he got it, and that's why he's the perfect puppet. But a guy like Don Mattingly and you know Dusty Baker and all these Buck bigger Showalter. name guys, Buck Showalter, that have been around the game for a while, are not people that would want to because they would see in the interview process for the job, like, hey, we're gonna, well, where, what, what are my responsibilities? Like, where, what can I do? What can I not do? You don't have much of a. <laughs> like anything if you want a new manager, do, so let Boone be a manager. Let Boone not have to listen to some guy on the phone telling him what the analytics say to make right. That's a, that's a new person. They're forcing his hand because some people what they were talking about on the Michael K show, and I'm going to keep saying the Michael K show because everything that Michael K says is absolutely true in my opinion. I believe almost everything he says, and especially when other managers, i.e., Dusty Baker, get the metrics from the nerds, the analytics guys. When he gets those numbers, he uses them to help make his decision. Boone gets those, and it seems like that is the be-all, end-all to make his decision. Whatever the analytics guys say, that's the move that Boone has to make. And I think that either you fire Boone and you bring in somebody that's going to be an actual manager, or you let Boone be an actual manager while you have him under contract for two more years and see what happens. That's, the problem is Brian Cashman, though. It doesn't matter. I do too. It I does so too. not matter who the manager is. It doesn't matter if they put fucking me out there because I'm going to have the same play sheet that he's got. And it is... You will do X, Y, Z, or, hey, take a look over your shoulder. What happened to Joe Girardi? He didn't do X, Y, Z. Now he's an analyst. Like, I know he didn't do great with the Phillies, and they went on and they made the World Series without him. But they Which fired is wild, him. by the way. I forgot about they that. They fired him. That's but, I mean, crazy. look at this. This is one thing I want to call attention to before you get deeper into that. We bitch and moan and whatever about how Steinbrenner, and rightfully so. But look at the payrolls of the teams that are making it every year. Houston Astros are 11th in payroll this year. For context, on opening day, our payroll was over 240 million. The Astros is 163. Um, look at last year. 20 what was last year 2021. So there we are up again, almost at 200. The Astros 171. 
and then the Braves who wanted her at 13 at 134. I mean, the only team that this is successful for year in and year in and year out are the Dodgers, and even the Dodgers aren't. I mean, they've got one World Series in the COVID year. So yeah, look at the Mets this year. It's just it's not the, the Mets money. Are spent. a perfect example of why it doesn't work. Also, they spend all the money. They made it to the wild card and they made the playoffs. Congrats, but they got bounced first yeah, round. It doesn't give, work. Just, if you give Brian Cashman more money, it's not going to solve the problem. He's going to go waste it no. on somebody else. Yeah, the which goes into my which, which goes into my it. last point. My last point was that I I need I need this I need and want the young guys to have a legitimate full season under their belt. Like the guys like Volpe, Peraza, Cabrera, the baby bummer era of the old baby bummer era is done. It's gone. It's and I saw this tweet from Dan Rourke, probably one of the most disappointing eras in Yankee history because of the expectation for what it was going to be with that old picture of the new core four it was going to be. It was Gary, it was Judge, it was a bird, and it was Seve. And one of them is probably going to be on the Yankees next year, and that's probably Seve if they pick up that option like we meant they, they are going to, uh, it seems like. But we need we need those young guys. And, and again, going back to that trend that you were going talking about with the with the Astros the reason why their payroll is so low is because they trust the guys that they've groomed and brought up and they give them legitimate shots to have uh be the ALCS MVP in a series in Jeremy Pena if Jeremy Pena was on the Yankees I guarantee you he would not even be known to anybody honestly potentially in the Astros community because he he'd be in AAA. would be he'd be in AAA and he'd getting be getting spot starts here and there in the dog days of summer and he would never be on the roster he would never and even if when he's up for a couple weeks at a time he would never hit a groove like he potentially like when you get a full season under your belt I'm not this isn't rocket science you have the ability to make mistakes but also the ability to work on those mistakes in real time against the highest competition level there is so I, I if we need anything it's the young guys and, and we were asking for that last year last year i wanted to just start fresh and that's the same exact mindset we're in it's like we needed it like you know we have Luis heel obviously he's he's hurt but like guys like that we have exciting people in the farm system that like you know maybe if clark schmidt was given more of a regular role in this team he wouldn't be one of the, he wouldn't be blowing up in the postseason and he would actually be a starter potentially like all these things these, these guys need run all, but combined with that of spending $160 million, like you don't need to spend everything to field every position, but complement that with some young raw talent. And that's what a, like a championship team looks like. It's wild to me. It's wild to me that they don't trust the, they don't trust the coordinators and the developers that they've hired to do a good job. If they, if you don't trust them and that's your biggest thing if that's what's holding you back if that's what's causing you to spend 25 26 million dollars a year on josh donaldson because you don't trust you don't trust the development of your guys what does that say about you what does that say about the people that you've hired look in the fucking mirror if you don't trust yourself that pull up a guy like peraza peraza was major league ready that's not we saw now we saw it the entire september we saw it into the season defensively at least he was he was a stud yeah offensively he, he proved he was he should he belongs he belongs and you, yeah you can't expect him to go into that situation with that little games under your belt and hit against the fucking astros Continue no but that. even even if he didn't like it the the moves don't 
makes sense. You don't trust anybody. How is anybody, major league, minor league, whatever, you don't trust IKF. If you're going to put IKF, IKF out there, at least grow a set of fucking balls and trust him. Like, I don't trust IKF. You don't trust IKF. Luke doesn't trust IKF. The person listening to this right now doesn't trust IKF. But if you trust him and that's your guy and you're putting your faith into that guy for what do you start? 150 something games. You trust that guy for 150 something games. You trust him in the fucking postseason and you stick by him when he makes errors. I'm not saying he should be there. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. He should have been benched after April. But what, what are you going to fucking do? This is the guy you ran out there. You put your trust in there, and then you flip him back and forth, and he's starting every other game, or he's benched for three games in a row. Then you're throwing him in there in the championship. Then you're benching him. Then you're throwing him in there in an elimina- elimination game. Then you're benching him in an elimination game. Make a fucking move. Make your mind up one way or other. That's the inconsistency I'm talking about. It runs all the way up and down. You don't trust your minor leaguers, so they're not getting consistency, and you don't trust your major leaguers. So what the fuck are you doing? If you don't trust anybody and you can't spend your money the right way, how do you expect to win anything ever? It's Like you said, it's not going to happen until there's some sort of structural change that happens within this, whether that's Cashman's gone, whether that's a different approach to analytics, whether that's a different approach to development, whether that's a different approach to how you build your lineup where it's too power heavy or maybe not too power heavy. You can't be too power heavy, but too many strikeouts, too little on base. I mean, we knew that our two best in October, our only two hitters that kind of did their job. And by did their job, I mean, they weren't exceptional by any means, but it was Rizzo and Bader Bader. You could say was exceptional with the home runs, but he, you know, on any other, he wouldn't have won if he was on the Astros. Did what he did in that championship series. He's not even close to their MVP. You know, there were every team in the playoffs had better players than Bader for a given series. He was great, very good. Rizzo, great, but he's a veteran playoff hitter. You expect that. Nobody else showed up hitting when it mattered in October. It's that's the bottom line. It's the you're built for the regular season. You're exactly you're built and this team, if they run it back and they do the same thing, which I, I anticipate them doing because they're fine with that. How Steinbrenner's fine with that. This is an investment for See, him. I don't know about that. If you can, they, I don't think the players are, and I don't think Aaron Boone is, and I don't think the coaches that are there day to day are, but how Steinbrenner is, this is, an I don't investment. think how Steinbrenner, this isn't, I don't think this is that simple. This is an investment. This is an investment. If you don't have to touch it and it can bring you $600 million a year, why would you, why would you change? You wouldn't. You wouldn't. If you're not passionate about it and it's just a part of your portfolio, which it is, and he's allocating a good chunk of money to it. You know what? That's his whole, whole portfolio. All He doesn't have – he's not Cohen. He's he, not a businessman. He owns the Yankees. That's where, that's all he, his money. No, he owns all kinds of shit. He's got Through the condo Yankees. buildings. The Yankees he's got Yankees. Thing, he owns a soccer team. Yeah, but the Yankees making money, and he doesn't have to right. worry about anything. When was the last time you saw you – see, you see Steve Cohen, right or wrong – like love or hate the guy, he's involved. He gives a shit about every game. He's at the games. He's locked the fuck into yeah. everything that's going like, on. Like George is was. House has House Steinbrenner ever watched a game? That's a legitimate question. That he's not forced to go because of a retirement ceremony. Maybe he does, and maybe I'm an asshole, and he goes to everyone. But from the outside looking in, it looks like just from his press conferences, he's out of touch. He has no awareness of what's actually going on day to day. He looks at, okay, I got to talk. We're 50 and 32, but we've hit a six game slide 
and the Red Sox passed us. So I have to say something before I get my head bitten off. It's like, yeah, I trust the guys in the room. We're obviously disappointed right now. Yada, yada, yada. It's the same thing every time. I don't think that he cares enough. And if he does care enough, then he just doesn't have the baseball acumen to make a change. Yeah. I mean, but the, I, I don't know. I don't think that he's like, Oh, okay. Like it's all like, I think he cares more about the business side of it. That's clear. George cared about championships. He cares about. He said the it. Business. He said it's he a cares business. about the business no. side of it. Right. But I don't think he's like hoping that the Yankees don't win a World Series. Like, you know, no, I don't think that, that he's complacent necessarily. I think that he think gave he Brian, I think at the end of the day, all your owner is is the bank. And he gave him $260 million. And right. the blame he, shouldn't if be if on him. If we won a World Series with $260 million, yeah, then he's a great owner. Yeah. And it, no, and he so gave him the keys. The, where the to blame is on could, him yeah. is he, that he's given Cashman the keys to the castle. Yeah. That's the thing I'm getting at. I'm not saying that he's not doing his part because you know what at the end of the day should he sign off on these bigger contracts probably with the amount you're bringing in but again like you said like i've said like luke said like we've all said 260 million dollars that puts you third in the league that puts you above both of the teams that made the world series this year it's it's how it's spent and i what all i'm getting at is that i don't think he cares enough to make a move at as drastic and as time consuming as it takes to replace a general manager of the New York Yankees. That's not replacing the Marlins. That's not replacing the fucking A's, which I know Billy being the bad example, but you know what I mean? This isn't a, some small market slapdick team where if you make the playoffs once every five years, life's good. This is a monumental decision that would take weeks, months, hours every day planning and planning and planning to do and you would have you have to get a slam dunk surefire hire i don't think he's willing to put in the time to do that i don't and if i hope he proves me wrong but if cashman's back that's why it's not because you hate you have faith in the guy you can't you can't unless again unless you don't know unless you're not watching what's happening every year you can't have faith in brian cashman to build a championship caliber team so here's something, and I was going to save this for later or maybe not even mention it because I really don't think it's the answer necessarily. But Don LaGreca said something pretty interesting today about if you're going to bring back Cashman, is it so egregious to bring somebody else in to be kind of like the yin to his yang? And I don't think Cashman would handle that very well personally. So I don't think it's good would actually work. But if you bring in somebody who is – a voice in Cashman's ear that he would listen to or not. doesn't even have to be somebody to listen to like where, special that, that takes a little bit where somebody to somebody. Yes. Like hold them like, accountable. Like uh, the guy, Billy Bean had in, in money, but like that kind of thing, Peter, whatever his name is, Jonah something Hill. like that. Some, some assistant GM, some young guy where you can groom him to where, you know, if it works, it works great. If not, you have this other guy that you can maybe lean on. And I know Cashman would never in a million years do that. Why would he? But if you're Hal and you have you're the, you have the power to enforce that, and if you bring in somebody who cares a little bit less about the analytics, maybe his thing is the development or what something, something other than Brian Cashman being the be all end all. Yeah. Make a difference. Yeah. Let's play because it's not working the way he's. Have you seen it. real quick before we play this game? Have you guys seen that chart of the Astros front office compared to the Yankees? No. No. Okay. Well, 
basically everybody in the Astros organization has been hired in the last. Mm, okay, here you go. Astros GM year hired 2020 Brian Cashman 1986 assistant GM 2001 for the Yankees 2021 for the Astros assistant GM 2022 2005 VP of baseball ops 2007 2019 advanced scouting 15 2001. We get the picture. The point. The point is. Well, the point, yeah, but the point, how much of that is? I know. We, no, we get the picture. But the point that you're trying to make, which makes total sense, is that we the Yankees are a historic franchise and all that, and it's to their demise in this in this sense because they don't adapt and hire people that are new age. Ver, like the, we are stuck in our ways, and like guys like but Brian Cashman can can like earn a spot, a tenure in a team, and regardless of success or failure, like he's going to be there for better or worse because that's just the way it is. And like, that's kind of how the historic franchise runs things. The Well, what I was trying to get at in my theory is here is that they're so heavy on analytics that don't work because they're so far behind the times that they're overcompensating is your entire front office has, is stuck in the 2001 way of winning championships. So, you see these teams, you see the Astros, you see the Rays, and they're these heavy analytics teams, but you're so far behind. It's like giving my fucking dad a brand new MacBook when he barely knows how to use a flip phone. Yeah, and by, na- they're in, just being by like, design, they're going to be behind the eight ball. It's just a bunch of cavemen trying to learn analytics when you could just hire the analytics the guy who wrote the code to Facebook versus having like your dad try and figure out how to like reverse engineer something. It's just not going to work. And we're going to be behind other teams, which we're seeing come to fruition through every, in every shape and form. So, I mean, it's, it's not a shock and, and it's, a, it's not, it's not a shock seeing all of those hires being, you know, people from the the nineties and eighties and they're, they're acting like that. So, you know where they do need somebody that's seasoned though, and has the old way of thinking manager. In the dugout whether that's yeah. a manager whether that's a bench coach their their whole coaching staff is very young and yeah, i'm sure and there's advantage the to that but you know so. when when joe tory was there winning championships don zimmer was like 85 years old and he was the bench coach and people say people credit him with being half the reason joe tory was such a good manager yeah there's there's a diminishing returns there uh once it becomes uh mr uh Tony La Russa, but yes, in 99%, he's just a bad egg. I'm I'm kidding. He's just a bad egg, but like Dusty Baker, like all these older managers that have been around the block and they know how to handle a locker room. They know how to build a lineup card. And and it's, it's the people behind the scenes that are going to build the lineup card. That's going to make sense. And then the manager like can just handle what he's given. Like we need the people who are making decisions on how the roster is, is decided and, you know what route we're gonna take in terms of who we're gonna like get as a prospect and who we're targeting. All that stuff needs to change. I agree, but if there's one thing that would be the older school of thought, it would be it'd be still manager for me. And th- and that's the one where they're do they're aiming for the the new age guy in Boone because he's apparently adopted yeah, analytics. Don't listen and stuff. to the analytics. Yeah, blindly. Yeah. <clears throat> So let's play a game. Uh, with the impending free agency this offseason, there's obviously one big name that is uh, potentially going to leave and potentially going to be signed. Uh, we don't know if it's if it's Judge. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, everybody else uh, that is a free agent this year or has the option to become a free agent by opting out 
is as follows. So we'll start with the less exciting names, and uh, basically you tell me if he's going to, to stay or go this offseason. So Matt Carpenter, stay or go. Not go. And, and honestly, do you, want, do you want to play, would you want this person, or do you think they will be a Yankee? You tell me. Let's I'll do both. Tell you both. Let's do both. Uh, first round through, do you think they'll be a Yankee? Matt Carpenter. No. Do you want no. Matt Carpenter? No. Probably not, no. Okay. That's blocking the young guy. Uh, correct. Marwin Gonzalez. I'll move past that Absolutely. one. Uh, <laughs> Miguel Castro. No. Probably uh, not. I, I would for cheap. He's $2.62 million right now, so I, I, I wouldn't be opposed Don't to care. it. Chad Green. Nope. No. Jameson Tyone. No. Nope. Andrew Benatendi. I would be okay with that. At the right price. I don't price. think you will. His market right his market price. price is looking like seventeen million right now, according to uh Sport Track. His contract this year was eight point five. He's probably gonna get closer to seventeen, I think. I agree with that. Well, I get that one depends so much on Judge, but Right. But yeah. I, I would I would like Andrew Benatendi either way. Um, Luis Severino. Absolutely. He'll be back, and I want him back. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure if we've mentioned it, but it looks like the Yankees are going to pick up his his offer on the $15 million offer. So, uh, Zach Britton, I'm going to move past that one. Anthony Rizzo. I would love it, but. So, yeah, and, and I'm not sure we mentioned this as well, is that he looks like he's going to uh, decline his uh his option and test free agency. So uh, very upset about that, but we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the air is that I don't necessarily think that's telling of him wanting to leave. I think it's him similar to that of judge is like wanting to have a little bit of a guarantee in terms of where he'll be for the next few years. Cause he's still, still clearly got it, got it in the tank for a couple more years. So uh, I just think free yeah. agent class too. Um, at first base. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at like Yuli Uriel, Jose Abreu. Uh, the only noteworthy name is Josh Bell, who's in his 30s now. I think he'll be 30 or 31 at the time. So, um, I would sucks. like I him could back. I see them going for Abreu. Jose Abreu? If they, I, would hate, if they I don't lose think it's him, the right option, but I could see that. Yeah, and we'll get into the actual moves and break this all down in more detail in the offseason. But I, I, I – just because of the the report that just came out that Rizzo was going to opt out, I, I just den- genuinely don't think that means he's he's gone. And I and I really hope that's the case too because I really like Rizzo. Everybody likes Rizzo. Uh, he's he goes to my local bagel shop. That's fucking awesome. I hope that doesn't change. Don't roll your eyes, Murph. I just feel like that's um, out, outside of the bagel thing. I just think he's he's the right fit for the Yankees. He plays damn good defense. He's a great leader. I think it'd be silly to not give him like a four year you know eighty million dollar contract like he's probably worth. So. Um, they have their market rate at 23 million. He's getting 16 million. So from, from all facets, it looks like it makes sense. It's like I would opt out too, because he's worth more and he will get more wherever he goes. So I hope it's with the Yankees. I, I think they actually do. Now that you said that Chandler with the, the limited options at first base, like I, I don't see why not bring Rizzo back. He's done nothing but been amazing. So, uh, or all this Chapman moved past that one. He's definitely not gonna be in the Yankees anymore. And the last one is Aaron judge. And honestly, I know you guys. You, what Chandler thinks, I still, I'm still gonna be optimistic about it. Why? I'm not optimistic, but I don't see how they can't bring him back. What do you? What? Let me ask you this, and this is not me being an asshole. This is a genuine question. 
what have you seen from the Yankees in the last since Ellsbury that makes you think they're going to shell out the money for him? Cole. It's not the same situation, the same? but they also haven't been in the same situation. So, right. Have, did you listen to, did you listen to the judge last night? I know you can't take a whole lot out of a press conference out of that or a whole lot out of a season ending press conference, but just the little things. Hey Garrett, mm-hmm. have you talked to Stanton or Cole about this? They both signed massive free agent contracts. Yeah. I talked to G and Stanton. It's like his was an extension, so not really the same. And I talked to Cole, but he knew where he wanted to go, so it was different. Yeah. He knew where he wanted to go. That, that was big. Which, I mean, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to be in New York. It may mean he wants to explore his options. It may mean a whole number of things. You can't put a whole lot of weight on it, but I just – I don't think they're going to pony up. I think that the Dodgers are going to make a serious play at him. That rumor was flying before. It, it certainly gained some traction since the season's ended. They were talking about moving Mookie Betts to second base. This is moving around from – not MLB nerds. This is like actual verified sources are the Dodgers are willing to let Trey Turner walk. If it means bringing judge in, they're already talked to Mookie about second base. I, and you know what? Here's the thing. If you're going to bring back Cashman, if you're going to bring back Cashman and Boone and run back the same shit, then bring back judge. If you're truly committed to rebuilding this fucking franchise from the ground up and making them a contender and they let him walk, I can swallow that pill. It's going to be hard, but I can, I, I can, I can swallow that. If you're willing to tear it down and build it back up from nothing, it's going to hurt. And I don't, I still don't think it's the right move, but I, that's something I can at least wrap my brain around. If you plan on bringing back the exact same team though, and you plan on bringing it back without judge, that's, that's a criminal offense. I don't, I I'm can't not, swallow I'm not that saying pill. it's right. I know I can't swallow that pill. I don't think that's necessarily any like there is no reason we shouldn't bring back Judge, and that's why I I have confidence, and that's why all of these names I just mentioned before. There's a lot of money that's coming off the books, like, and this team has spent two hundred fucking something million dollars. Keeping Judge or losing Judge is not going to change the way the other moves happen. Like we have the money. Yes, it is. I don't think it is. Absolutely, it is. If Judge leaves. You have to consider which way the franchise is going. Are you going to entrust in your young guys and build around them? Or are you going to try to figure out a way to stay competitive? And it's it's completely relying on Judge. Because Judge is going to take up upwards of $50 million of your payroll. And so if he leaves, you have $50 million to try to put a team on the field that doesn't have Aaron Judge in the lineup. Which I think is the worst thing you or, can do because then that's just being complacent, trying to be competitive like well, they have, have the money, with the Beltrons in the world. Like I think bringing back Judge almost forces their hand to use the young guys because of their lack of extra money lying around. And that's the best scenario that I could think of because you're getting right. the best worst of both worlds. So you have scenario. Judge back and then you also have all these young guys because you're kind of forced to do it. And that's like the best formula, in my opinion, money aside. Well, if that's Judge leaves. Thing in the worst case scenario, the absolute worst case scenario, and I guess this is the better way of putting what I was just saying, because I don't want Judge to go, and I don't think it's a smart thing to do. I'm just saying that's how I could wrap my brain around it. But the worst case scenario possible that will set this franchise back another decade is if Judge walks and you run the same shit back. You run back the same team. You run back the same management. You run back the same philosophy. You run back everything other than judge. You set this franchise back 10 years. And it shows they're not dedicated to winning. I agree. 
And I think that the number one priority is bring back judge, name him captain and build around that with the young pieces that you have. But there's an interesting argument. If he walks, you have 50 plus million dollars to fill a lineup and you could go out, you can sign Benintendi, you could get Turner or Correa, you could bring in Rodon. And then if you bring in one of those shortstops, you could trade Volpe and or Peraza, get a pretty good return. And then suddenly you have a decent looking roster going forward. I don't think that's the way to go, but it's a consideration that they it's an option. Or on the flip side of that, you still have Volpe. You put Volpe at third, which they were talking about doing. You put Peraza at second, which they apparently like to do now because IKF's untouchable. And you still get your young guys in. I see what you're saying, that there is a world where that makes sense. But I don't think they will because that is another long-term contract. And they have shown an unwillingness to give out long-term contracts. I mean, fuck, before the season started, we, we used Garrett Cole as an example as why do you have any optimism? We had Eric Boland on. He, he does this for a living. He covers the Yankees. He talks to Yankees for a fucking a living and said so that it, it took months of convincing to get how to sign off on Garrett Cole's contract. And at the time, say what you want about Garrett Cole. He pitched his fucking nuts off in this postseason. But mm-hmm. he was a surefire. Like, he was the Bryce Harper of pitching. And we needed pitching. I, I don't understand the Bryce Harper thing. I was going to say I can try to, but I can't. Bryce Harper should have been a Yankee. But we had outfielders. We had no starting pitching when Cole was signed. This is a, I mean, not signing Garrett Cole in that situation is a fireable offense. And it took him months to, it took him months to convince him to sign off on that. So you're not going to sign off on a Rodon, a Turner, and a Benintendi in the same offseason. The, the, years the days the off seasons of signing multiple marquee free agents are over so temper your expectations it's either judge and a few stop gaps or it's we're starting from scratch that's it that's there's no third option where it's we allocate that money to other massive players it's we save some money and now our payroll's cut i'm happy we can use the minor league guys or it's, I'm allocating this money to Aaron Judge because this city will burn down if I don't. There's no in-between, in my eyes. It's, it's a fair point. But, like, the, the whole point, I guess, of the situation is that this offseason is going to go either we re-sign Judge and it's coincidental moves or we don't, and it's God knows what. So, I think it, this – whole offseason is going to be based around judge. Yeah, I have whether no we, I have no clue. Like not a clue in the world. Like every other offseason there's, you know, you circle Garrett Cole, like we really want him, it makes sense to get him. Like, you know, the big shortstop class really want one of them, really think that that might be the direction we go. Obviously judge is the first domino to fall. This team could look so ridiculously different. Like you said Murph, like there are other ways this can go if we do lose out on judge. I don't want that to happen, but we are going to, it's going to be an interesting off season for sure. Uh, we'll be covering it. We're going to move to do like once a week episodes from here on out, because obviously there's not really as much to talk about, but like there will be a lot of, uh, of moving parts here and it's already starting with Rizzo talking about opting out. So um, I'm like, part of me is scared for what this team will look like, but it's also kind of a, uh, it's an interesting time for sure. It's exciting. Uh, it's not. It's not exciting is the right word, but like, I'm very. I'm almost excited to see how it plays out. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, this is the single most in our 
in our adult lives, in our lives since we've been old enough to comprehend the ins and outs of baseball that aren't just, ooh, look, shiny toy, hits ball far, when we can sit down and look at, the at least from the outside looking in, the processes that go behind signing a player. This is the biggest, the single biggest offseason of our life that us and a vast majority of, a vast majority of our audience of people that, you know, they're in their mid twenties or younger, or they're in their early thirties. Like a lot of the new wave of fans that you'll hear from, obviously they're still the lifelong fans and whatever, but the fans that we interact with most of the time on a day-to-day basis, this is the biggest off season Since of, 08 our, of our lives, but even 0809, we were in six, seven, no, I know, or eight. That, but that, that's what I'm saying. That's where the cutoff is, is that was the next biggest yeah. off season. And we weren't, we didn't know what was going on. We were like, Oh, we got CC Spathy. We didn't know, or at least I didn't yeah, know. We were like, wow, we got him and, Exactly. So yeah, you're absolutely right. But that's where that's where the cutoff is. So but even then we weren't at we weren't in and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't I don't remember Jeter's walk here, obviously, but I I know that there was a similar situation with him where it was a lot of butting heads, but I even then if I'm not mistaken, I think that was in the early twenty tens. Like I think that was like two thousand eleven, twelve. So this is because Judge is the closest thing that we've got to Jeter and that's even a stretch. I mean, Jeter is a whole I mean, other yeah, world. He's a whole other animal, but you get what I'm saying. Judge is a he's whole the other most, player. Jeter didn't he is the do most what Judge did this year. Surefire Yankee that needs to be. He says everything right. He does everything right. He plays the game the right way. He handles New York like nobody has said Jeter. His answers are Jeter esque. People say that not as hyperbole. That's a real thing. So. Right, it makes no sense to not bring him back. This is like the most. But that's Yankee, what I'm Yan- saying. It's like the if he if he were thing. if he were not in pinstripes, this would be the person that we would target. Like, hey, let's go after that guy. That guy's a Yankee, and he should be. Like, I feel like that like says Cole. enough. Yeah, but like the mo- way more. Obviously, I'm a little biased because we've seen him in pinstripes and we've seen him under the microscope and all that stuff. But like, I it feel like, like if, letting feel like if he played if he played for game. like the the Red Sox would be like, damn, the, like we wouldn't hate that guy. We would hate what he did to us, but we'd be like, let's let's get that guy over here. He's a pretty good guy. It would it would legitimately be like letting Derek Jeter walk is how that would yeah. feel. And it feels even worse because there's no clear replacement. That's the, the hardest pill that I have. The, not the hardest. I mean, I love him. But the hardest thing to fathom is him leaving. And then what the fuck do you do? Because the only outfielder is, you have is Bader. That but point. this isn't Cabrera, like this isn't a Correa replacing with Pena and you live. Like, yes, mm-hmm. Correa was the cream of the crop, the bell of the ball. He's everything you want as an Astro. He was drafted 1 1 there, or 1 2, came up through the organization. He this next big thing, idolized Jeter, was supposed to be the next Jeter, and he came up and he did it all. And they let him walk. And it was like, holy shit, how are they going to replace that? Well, hey, we got Jeremy Pena for you. There's no there's no Jeremy Pena to replace Aaron Judge. And they wouldn't have let him walk if they didn't have Pena. They knew no. that. And they Because they invested in their farm system in a way that the Yankees don't. And they had trust in those guys. And the Yankees, decent farm system. There's not a single outfielder that's MLB ready no. in the farm system right now. Not even yeah, like if, if this was like Dominguez three, is going to be the next three guy. Years he's, from now, he's, a, yeah. he's a year or two away. If this was three years from now, they could probably make the argument that like, oh yeah, whatever. Like we got Dominguez, we can have a replacement if necessary. We start the new 
the new but chapter. Even, but like even that makes no sense. And outfield's could, different. They play different positions. Yeah, and you can just like why not pair the two? Like it just it makes no sense to me. And all that to say like that this would be again we'll paint the picture like this is the most pivotal off season of like not not all time but like absolutely in our lifetime in the last couple decades there is no reason not to bring him back and it just it would be just such a monumental failure from top to bottom and it would be par for the course with this team but like that's where i'll leave it it's just i think if they let him walk then they really need to like maybe not strip it down but they need to reevaluate from the top down how they need to strip it down if you let if you let Aaron Judge walk, you need to strip this thing to the fucking nuts and bolts, and that's that's one of the biggest They're arguments. Never like, do that. well, that's what I was about to get to. Is do you you know? There's that whole argument that comes to it comes into play. Do you really think New York would accept a mediocre franchise? And no, they don't rebuild. They I re, think they the retool. Casual, that's all they do. They the never casual, bring it down. Like just everyday Yankee fan, the people that they they're not they're not diehard fans they're not like us they're not like the people listening to this they're not like the people that are genuinely truly upset about this i mean you see this it with you the- see it with the ticket prices the ticket prices at, at one it became three nothing and the ticket prices went from 220 to 20 bucks like nobody wanted right, to watch this team it's just it's for entertainment for most people that are watching that's and, what i'm saying I'll that's blame what I'm saying. so for those no that wouldn't be acceptable for the the person like that, but for all, I think any true Yankee fan and correct me if I'm wrong from either of you guys or what you think, any true Yankee fan that, you know, if it, if you told me if Brian Cashman or whoever this next GM would be in this, you know, hypothetical situation came out and they said, look, it's going to get worse before it gets better. We're tearing this thing down. This team has been flawed for 10 plus years. Now stick with us. Trust in the process. We understand what was going on. We're tearing it down and we're building it back up the correct way. And obviously not with Cashman because we don't trust him to do that. But if you brought in a new GM that said, hey, look, this is what we're doing. Stand by me. Give me three to five years and then then we'll reevaluate. I think a lot of true fans would appreciate that. And they would still... If they told me that, the I would watch. I would, this, this I would, is after, I would watch this is that if team judge lose. Walks, yeah, the Red That's Sox. Are, yeah. Judge, yeah. If Red Judge Sox walks, are doing that I would now. watch that. I would still watch that team 160 games a year because I would be interested in the look at the Cubs or fuck, look at the Astros. Like I would watch to watch the using the Cubs as, as an example, the Anthony Rizzo's when he was young and coming up through those shitty teams, the Starling Castros. Who Brandon were coming up through those shitty teams? I would watch those Wilson. guys because, like, look, this is the future, and I'm buying into that. I'm buying into this philosophy change. I'm buying into that. You want to build a fundamentally sound organization from top to bottom, and you know what? If it comes back and it blows up in your fucking face, at least you tried. At least you did something that wasn't settling for mediocrity. And I can wrap my brain around that. I can't that- wrap my brain around being okay with losing. It's so, but here's that is quite literally never going to happen. I'm just saying because it's, I, I know it's because not. it's the Yankees, and it, you know, it, like you said, the rational fan that knows baseball. I'm saying, in and if out, they told that to you okay as a that. true Yankees fan, would you be okay with that? If it was in the right hands, yeah, sure. But the I don't think our farm system's good enough to do that. A and B. Well, nobody you know, you could, that's you why could you have a, to rebuild it from top but down. that's why i'm saying we could do a version of that if judge walks you do a version of that where you get a new gm maybe you get a new manager 
you get a new front office and you take a different approach to building a lineup and building a rotation. And that probably would involve using the minor league system in a way that we haven't before and bringing up these young guys and building around them. But then it kind of is a new baby bombers thing where they push that. And I don't think the core is there for that. I mean, I don't know. Dominguez Volpe Peraza Wells, that's going to be your new baby bombers. I don't, I don't know if I'm yeah. ready to get behind another one of those. I mean, I don't know. You don't know until you try it, which is like, I, I don't know, but like the Yankees will never be a full rebuild. It's and, and we just have that luxury is because they can retool and it's, it's a version of that. We have the payroll. If judge leaves, like you said, Murph, you can go out and get, a Trey Turner because the potentially the Dodgers will go get him and then they're not going to pay Trey Turner and they're going to move Mookie Betts a second, all that. Like there are ways to do this where it's competitive on day one, but also change the philosophy. Like let those young guys get run. Like we mentioned at the top of the show. So like my, my version of this team that will work and it should that they should do, which I think will work is to do both is to spend money, but not at every position. Not spend money at the positions that you don't have prospects that you can bring up right now. So like but if you're talking about strip it down, you're talking about getting rid of coal. You're talking I mean, about you're probably get, that, getting rid of sand. Like, Cause what are you going to, you're going to waste Unless that. You trade them away. They're going to trade away coal. You're what, the, what, Is you that what you mean for? by strip it down? Like trade you, away they, those guys. Well, if you're, stri- you're going to strip it down, strip it down. What are you going to pay Garrett Cole this much money for Do you bought him to pitch in October? Well, that's why I'm saying. That's why I'm saying they're never going to do that. They're going to take the money that was allocated to Judge because they're making so much money. We mentioned at the top of the show too, like the amount of revenue that they're spending per dollar. Like they them spending two hundred fifty million dollars may seem like not a lot because of the amount of revenue that they make every year, but it's still twenty fucking percent of everything that they bring in. So I'm just saying, bring in. You're talking about rebuilding. You can get a huge prospect haul for Gary Cole. You're going to need that if you're going to rebuild. I don't think they'll. I don't think we need to rebuild. I think it's just we're like, not going to trade Cole. It's, yeah, it's not that, yeah, we'll move past that. I'm just saying, with even if Judge were to leave, you take that money and you, you allocate it elsewhere, but allocate it correctly. Allocate it in a way they that's won't. that's not. I, again, I know I'm not saying what they will do. If we said what they will do, this podcast would be fucking over. Like I don't know why you say that. <laughs> like we, the, we, what they will do. The whole reason we started the podcast is to talk about what they should do. That's what we do this for. So like, what they should do is take the money from. Judge, if he does walk, because it's evidently his decision, they could give him a good offer and then he, he might walk. That's a real legitimate possibility. Take that money and slowly move away from the things that don't work, like the Homer or Bust guys. Move away, move to a prime example of a perfect person in Trey Turner. That's just not just me because I like players like that. But there's a reason why I like players like that is because they're fucking good at baseball and they don't make mistakes. They play good defense, they run a lot, and they just like they field, but they just everything about them is perfect and they don't strike out a ton, this team just struck out 17 times in one game. Like, that's obviously something that needs to be fixed. And if Aaron Judge, however good he is, for all of the great stuff that he does, he strikes out a ton. You eliminate a lot of strikeouts off your books right there. Now take that and swap it completely to the other end of the spectrum, get a Trey Turner, and get somebody else that does the same thing. Like, And you can combine it with people that are veterans like I, this is a weird example but michael brantley a guy like that and maybe not michael brantley maybe i don't even know if he's a free agent but i'm saying a, a person like that would be a good compliment and move this team into a different direction completely and that can kind of happen overnight when a guy like judge leaves when a guy like judge leaves you have all this money to play with all these young guys that are already doing stuff like that they're not big strikeout guys you have exciting guys that put bat on ball and that play good defense you can change this team pretty much overnight into a team like the fucking Royals did when they won the World Series. Like, that type of brand of baseball works, and that's what all of the Moneyball teams do and all the fucking... They just... 
this team can, can look a lot thing. different. And I honestly, if Judge were to leave, I'm, pay, I'm trying to paint the picture for what the team can look like. That's a team that I actually could get excited over. Like that, I, I, I don't think it's necessarily the absolute end of the world if Judge leaves. I want him there, and I want them to build around Judge as to like all guys like that. Obviously, you can't get Trey Turner if you keep Judge, but I, I don't think I think there's a world where I am going to spring training in March, and I'm not super upset about what the product might be on the field. Here's a couple things. One, it is a disaster if you lose Judge because they're. I, yeah, I would love for them to spend money, and but I just I don't think that's a possibility. Two, even if they do, here's my biggest dilemma with bringing in whoever. Pick a name, any name, in the entire fucking free agent pool or trade pool. What gives you the faith that our hitting coaches and what's preached to these hitters will work? But as you look at guys like Glaber Torres, And he came up through the Cubs system as a contact guy with a little bit of pop. And he came to the Yankees and they flipped. They flipped that entire philosophy to, we want you to pull and hit home runs. And they do that with all their hitters. They change their, the entire way that they look at hitting and the way that they approach the game. Look at that. Well, that's why I don't think that, I don't think that signing anybody. I don't think that signing anybody. I don't think that signing anybody is going to make a difference because I think there's such deeper issues than that. The things that they preach and the things that they reward are loser things that give you these strikeouts that give you these things. Look at Ben attendee. He was striking out like 5% of the fucking time. I know that's exaggerated before somebody fucking corrects me. He was striking out basically none compared to major league standards. Then he came to New York and he was striking out. 30% 30% of the time. Maybe some of that's jitters. Maybe some of that's injuries, you know, changing to a new team, but it's a change in philosophy. It's a change mm-hmm. in approach. And that's something that's taught. That's something that's ingrained into their brain from day one, whether they're called up from the minors, they're traded for, or they're signed is this is what we're looking to do. Here's our analytics, right or wrong, that back it up. This is what you will do. And this is how we're going to win games. And they don't have a choice. And I use Glaber Torres as an example because you look at him when he first comes up and he's stuck to the approach that got him to be the number one prospect in baseball, that got him to be this super hard-hitting shortstop, hard-hitting second baseman when he came up. He was a gap-to-gap player, and they completely zapped that from him. It's it's a flaw that's so much deeper than any sort of monetary or trade acquisition can get you because the things they preach are wrong. And you know what they're preaching, and, and and this is an oversimplification, but what it's like is that the philosophy is if you're going to swing, swing hard, because it seems like they're going up there and they're either looking to walk, or they're swinging out of their ass and striking out. And when you make contact, most of the time, sure, it's hard hit ball, it's a home run, whatever. But it seems like it's the philosophy is if you're going to swing, swing hard, and it doesn't work in October at least. You know, sure, regular season, fine, but. Like you said, Benintendi didn't strike out until he got to the Yankees. And that if Benintendi's going to do that, so would just about anybody Anthony else. Rizzo is a professional hitter. He is a pro's pro. Yep. And he, his biggest two strikeout years, I think he had one mixed in with the Cubs. But two of his three biggest strikeout years of his career came on the Yankees. And that's not, that's not a coincidence. That's because that's what they preach. He had it, 101 this year in 130 games. His career high was 108. And that was 
with the Cubs. And then he had another 105. Oh, I'm sorry. It was 116. He had a few with the Cubs that were his all-star years were his most strikeouts. But he had, I believe, out of qualified hitters, the least amount of strikeouts in the Yankees. 101. Yeah. Which is a ridiculously high number. It's just, but. it's, you can't. The whole point I'm trying to make is this. That the moves they make, regardless of if it's judge, regardless of it's the young guys or free agent signings, whatever fantasy team you conjure up for next year that they're going to run, run out there, nothing matters if the shit behind the scenes doesn't change. It doesn't. It does not matter who you field if the guys that are in their ear constantly are telling them things that put together an offensive showing like they just put together against the Astros. That was embarrassing. That is an embarrassing display of baseball. And it's not just the players like that. You don't get to that level with shitty players. Talent takes over over the course of 162. shitty philosophy and people in your ears takes over in a short series. Absolutely. Not even a short series, just a series. Well, you know what I mean? It, it, over yeah. a small sample size. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's frustrating. It's fucking, it's infuriating. And that's one thing too. While, while I can see Luke looking something over there. So while you're getting your stats together, if don't let anybody tell you that you should, you're not a true fan. If it pisses you off and that you're negative about, you should be pissed off. I'm not, you know, I'm not the fan police. If you want to be optimistic, be optimistic. But if you're pissed off, it's very well warranted. Like the three of us. And I know Damon is too. You're pissed off. It's angry. It's angering to watch them run the same shit out there. And like, I'm not a qualified baseball mind. I sit here and I talk about it with my friends because it's fun. And I spot the shit that's wrong. So Mm -hmm. how can you, who makes $25 million a year, not see it in 19 years? And it's not something they're going to get paid either way. Do you want to know what the silver lining could be? And I think they'll blow it, so it's not really a silver lining. But (laughs) there's an opportunity. You look around the diamond. Trevino's probably going to be back at catcher. Glaber's probably going to be back at second. I think they trade. Bader's probably going to be in center. No other position is, like, locked up, guaranteed, going to be the guy. We could see a different first baseman, a different shortstop, a different third baseman, a different left fielder, a different right fielder. Which makes, for a, which makes for a very exciting offseason in, in terms of like our podcast. Like our, this is going to be a fun podcast going forward because we're going to have a lot of like legitimate conversation about every single position. We could honestly do an episode for every position and preview that free agent class, and one of those people could be on the team. Like That's a legitimate thing that could happen, and that's, that's going to be fun. So stick around with us for the entire offseason. We'll, we'll keep this thing going once a week but like i was what i was looking at chandler was just the names this ties into a conversation right now of potential free agents and like i said we'll get into this in more detail throughout the off season because we've got sure as fuck a lot of time to talk about it but i mean i know we talked about trey turner and and him versus judge like trey turner is going to get paid pretty close to the annual value that judge is going to get to be honest like judge is going to eclipse 40 to 40 million per year but they have his market rate for Trey Turner at $33 million right now. Like, that's... That's surprising. I didn't know. It I mean, that. he had an awesome year. What's he's Correa one of the better players in baseball. Carlos Correa. Uh, he's not on this list as I see it. He hasn't officially opted out yet. Yeah, so he's, he's not on here. I um, figure him... I, I figured both of them around 30, but... You know, it's funny just on, on this value versus their contract... Um, it has their contract value in 2022 and then their perceived uh, fair market value this year, this offseason. 
Uh, Chapman's at 18 million. His perceived fed, uh, fair market value is 6.6. .6. So uh, the world Even sees it or sports track sees it the way we see it. That is absolutely too high. Uh, he, he'll be on a team. It just won't be the Yankees. I, I'm, I'm very happy about it. I think he's going to go back to the Reds. Um, the Reds have no reason to bring him back. I know, just for funsies. I think he'll that's the be on the Dodgers. Team. I'll be good. And he's going to be sick, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll get into all One this mistake. stuff. One mistake that they have to make at a high level, you cannot. If you don't learn anything from these Britain and Chapman deals, you can't spend money on on relievers. Like look at look at Jonathan Lewisaga. Yeah. Since I know he had the rough start, but since August first, since basically he came back from the IL, Marinaccio. He's got. I mean, Marinaccio, Clay Holmes, make a yeah, list like of the, the young, low the paid young, relievers. But I'm just saying, young Lewisaga, talent that you have to find and and make like do. It's because you develop. Well, that's one thing. That's one thing. That's my main one thing point the Yankees have done well praises. too. Yeah, I want but, to sing praise to Jonathan Lewisaga because I think you wanted to talk about the closer role all year, the bullpen trust tree, because I, that's another inconsistency. And I'll let you go after that, Luke. I'm sorry. This is just my main point I was trying to get out of this, and that was a good segue. Jonathan Lewisaga has got to be a massive piece of this team going forward. And honestly, he's my closer. He he is. If going into next season, once he solved his location issues, August 1st to the last day of the season – he had a sub one four ERA. He's striking out people left and right. He threw a hundred one mile an hour sinker last night with 19 inches of run. He is disgusting. He is the best pitcher in that bullpen, bar none, if he can locate, which I think he can. And if he comes out next year and he doesn't have those same location issues, than he is. And then you have Michael King, Clay Holmes. Yep. The bullpen is not an issue. That is the one thing going into next year that if they don't fuck it up in the offseason, which I'm not confident in, but assuming they don't fuck with it too much and you run back the same bullpen Wandy. or a close variation Listen, of it, that's the only solid thing going into 2020. Yeah, Trevino, we, the bullpen you is, can, is shaping and, up. And how really many good. of those people in this bullpen that we're talking about have, did you know they existed three years ago? None of them. Maybe Luizaga because he was kind point. of up. So you develop, right? And that's all of them. All of them were. You develop a bullpen from your system. You find a guy who's got nasty stuff. You make him focus on executing a couple pitches in one. Inning, you simplify it, and then they become a really good reliever. That's what happens. They should have done that with Devi. I don't. I, I mean, Devi's what? He's never. He might ne never make it to the MLB again. But Devi probably <laughs> like could have been a decent pitcher he's if they like handled it that way. Yeah, but, he, you know, you could see him come and be a bullpen guy now. Like, you know, there are some guys that every bullpen – Mariano Rivera was supposed to be a starter, for God's sakes. You figure – you try guys out in the bullpen, somebody's going to stick. And the Yankees, if they can do anything right developmentally, it's pitching, and specifically in the bullpen. Whether it be trading for or developing, they can they find a bullpen. We've seen and, it with, with other bullpen yeah. arms too. Like it's it's difficult to be consistently dominant for an extended period of time. Like look at all of the best relievers as of like four or five years ago. The Craig Kimbrels of the world, the the uh what the Chapmans of the world, like the I mean Edwin I mean, Diaz shit, dropped Edwin off and Diaz. came back. I wouldn't hate I, was, to, I, was I wouldn't say, hate to see them Diaz drop coming no, down and then no. going back up. But no, Murph, that's exactly what you just said. Not I know. To do. No, no, no. <laughs> so, I listen. But listen, then also, right. I mean, look, Kenley Jansen, like all of these names be, were all dominant, if, the top tier four years ago, maybe even less, three years ago. And it's just difficult to be no, to yeah, stay at right. the top. He'd be to, he'd be, I'm, I'm thinking he's twenty plus million dollars a year. Yeah, see, that's that's what I'm I I guess I'm 
neglecting like, the fact that he would be that expensive. Edwin Diaz yeah. would no, be right. the most catastrophic failure from this front office. His market rate is 16 more, which is exactly what basically he's gonna, Chapman. He's going to get more than that. Yeah, he's going to get what Chapman got. The Mets will probably give him more than that. So that would yeah. be literally the dumbest thing in the world if we swapped out Chapman for now <laughs> going after the exact guy who we've seen can drop off in one year from another. Like the year before when he was on the Mariners going to the Mets, he was absolutely dog shit terrible. And then he, he, was bounced worse, worse, he got to the Mets. He was the worst reliever in baseball when he first got to the Mets. <laughs> I know. The worst and the year before, he was the best reliever in baseball. Murph, I know you played a lot of MLB the show back then. He, I did too. He had a few. He had the, what's it called at the end of the year when he's one of the best players in the game? Finest? The, the finest. He had a finest card named after him, and then he came over to the Mets, and he was far from the finest. And then, like, that would be terrible. That would be that'd be really, really bad. And then we'd have to hear yeah, the trumpets. I mean, that'd be fucking Yeah, bad. I wouldn't like that. No, but, I mean, you look at, like, just Ryan Hensley. Hensley. Nobody knew who he was at the beginning of this year, and now he's second, third best closer in baseball behind Class A and Diaz, in my opinion. I my, mean, maybe I'm forgetting somebody, but he's top five, definitely. No, and so right. you know you you find you find the guy in your system that's got the nastiest stuff. You he can throw it for an inning. That's why, yeah. You find a guy that throws 102 or throws some disgusting breaking pitch, which makes yeah. it all the more impressive for how long Mo did it for. Because and I think I think part of the reason that's why it's he hard, threw a pitch that nobody else could throw or yeah, hit. They or knew see, it they've never was, seen it before. Yeah, it and was, that's I think that's why it's hard to be a dominant reliever for so long is because relievers tend obviously tend to throw fewer pitches so it's easier to figure out with more tape on you so i mean that, that was a different animal more for it. more for the argument that we should go for for cheaper younger talent and groom them to be you know if chapman or if uh cashman does anything right it's fine like he found Holmes, he found wandy he found you know he right. wandy, wandy, wandy was a fucking we got wandy for mike talkman mike talkman yeah. in, in like the japan league right now and well, I, I, that's the one thing that and that's another reason where cashman maybe could you know i don't know if somebody if no, you somebody, somebody comes in does everything else errors, other, other than like, the bullpen let him, stuff. Let him the do bullpen. the bullpen <laughs> how much like how much of an expert do you have to be though really to build a bullpen i know i'll give that to cashman what he did with the bullpen is pretty impressive no, I agree. I agree. But look at look at other teams' bullpens. This isn't the first dominant bullpen. No, yeah. In baseball, and it's not like, even the best bullpen in baseball. No, Astros it's not. Like it, he's it done could, great. It could have been maybe with it's King and set the bar so low, and we're so used to shitty moves. That's like, well, you know, he did fuck up. You know, ninety other things, but he did find Wandy. It's like we're trying to find one redeeming quality. There's no, a million no we were just pointing out that. we were just pointing out like the bullpen as a whole I feel like he's done very well even Lou Trevino just recently he was great and the, we, he was just like kind of an add-on piece uh, that's one thing he's done well I'll give him credit for that is it Matt Blake a free agent after this year I don't know I'm just looking at players uh, well that would be a huge loss I well think. uh Rojas I think is in the manager conversation yep, Matt, for some yeah for the Marlins Marlins Matt Blake hits the open markets I think if we lose Matt Blake, I think that's another big loss. There's so many moving pieces going into next year. You you're, you could possibly looking at a new pitching coach, potentially a new manager, because I think them using Boone as a scapegoat is not totally off the totally off the record. New right fielder, a post judge era. This team is going to be vastly different next year, right or wrong. So we should Michael up, Michael K should be the manager. Should be David Cohn. Yeah. I saw some people talking about David Cohn. That'd be interesting. CC Sabathia. 
I mean, David Cohn is getting so much more involved in the game that I, I can actually see that being a thing that he would want to do. Like, he's doing all I the things David that are Cohen. seemingly moves to make your way up to become a manager, you know? Just, like, be around the game enough that your name will be mentioned, and that's kind of what's happening. He's on the Sunday Night Baseball crew now and all that stuff, so... I don't. I can see awesome it. Awesome to listen to his breakdowns. Yeah. Obviously, I don't know how it'd be as a manager, but I don't think he would take shit from Brian Cashmere, the analytics department. So that's probably why it won't be the. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there, there's your strike one, two, and three. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that that that's all I had to all the grievances I had to air for today. All all of the rest of the things that I would want to talk about are like really getting into the nitty gritty of like free agents and trades and all that. And we got a lot of time to talk about that. So. We opened as nine to one uh, odds to win the World Series next year, which puts us tied with the Blue Jays. And and that's what I want to end on too is like, <laughs> of all of this stuff we talked about and all of this shit, like we do know that this team is going to spend some money, whether it's on Judge or not. This team is going to do. I, I hope, and we'll talk about it and cover it that it's a, a version of a retooling similar to that of like the before twenty seventeen. I hope it's something like that, even if it's with Judge. If it's with Judge, I hope we do the same thing. Uh, but, you know, I'm ready to have my heart broken again next year. I'm going to go to spring training. I'm going to have a fun time. Um, I don't know. I, I, this team is going to not – we're not going to be terrible next year. We're probably going to lose in the ALCS. But, you know, that's what they do. They keep us roped in. I, I'd be shocked if we put together a World Series team and uh, – we're not. No, but but I do think that they're going to put together a team that's good enough that we can trick ourselves into thinking they can win the World Series and then get excited about it and then get our hearts broken again. So tune in on October twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, for the exact same episode. Yeah, and you can if honestly go back. You can far. go back to last year's eulogy, and it's probably saying the same things. So uh, yeah, if that's before, any indication uh, that it's that nothing's going to change, they they have it. But um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to chat about before we before we sign off? I'm really sad that Brees Hall tore his ACL. I'm really pumped that the Jets, in in doing that, they now have yeah, James Robinson and Travis, Travis Etienne is now going to be an absolute stallion for my fantasy team. Well, so. if there is anything I can say with absolute confidence, it is that nobody cares about anybody else's fantasy team. I know. I will so. say I I hope set on Michael Carter, locally five zero legend. He's not going to do anything anymore. They'll they'll probably split. Anywho, this is conversation for after I hit end record. Uh, bye everybody. I hope you guys are okay and uh, we love you. See you the rest of the off season. We'll be here. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.